This is Transmission Interrupted, the podcast series from NEEDTECH, the National Emerging Special Pathogens Training and Education Center. Welcome to Transmission Interrupted from NEEDTECH. Hello and welcome to Transmission Interrupted. My name is Vanessa Raba and I'm an adult and pediatric infectious disease doctor at the NYU Grossman School of Medicine. For those of you not yet familiar with NITEC, our mission is to increase the capability of the United States public health and healthcare system to safely and effectively manage individuals with suspected and confirmed special pathogens in cooperation with the CDC and funded by ASPR, the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Dr. John Horton, who's here to talk with us about vaccines during pregnancy and specifically about COVID-19 vaccines. Dr. Horton is the Division Director of General Obstetrics and Gynecology at Emory Healthcare. Welcome to the show, John. Hello. Thank you for having me. And hello from Atlanta and our labor and deliveries here at Emory Healthcare. So let's talk a little bit about vaccines and pregnancy in general first. Which vaccines are we routinely giving to pregnant women even before COVID-19 came along? Yeah, we've been giving vaccines to pregnant patients as part of general recommendations for a decade now. Two of those being our flu vaccines, which we recommend to all pregnant patients. A second is Tdap. Tdap is made of several different components, being tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. In our case in pregnancy, it's really the pertussis we're most interested in. Pertussis is also known as whooping cough, which is really impactful to newborn infants. And you can find that by being vaccinated, parents have less likely of actually transmitting these diseases to their infants who can't be vaccinated at their age. So are there specific benefits to giving these vaccines during pregnancy versus before pregnancy or after pregnancy? There is, actually. By getting these vaccines while someone is pregnant and making sure they're getting the proper boosters, you have two effects. One, you know that you yourself, as a caretaker of the infant, will be protected during an infant's most vulnerable time. And the second is, we have greater data that the antibodies, the protective properties that the vaccines help us produce, can actually be transmitted to the baby themselves and will yield them some protection for maybe a short time, but it's an important time just after delivery. So it sounds like we get some double protection both to mom and to the baby, which is fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about COVID vaccines, because I know a lot of people have that on their minds right now. Are there any recommendations about COVID vaccines during pregnancy? There are. We're really fortunate that we have robust national bodies that are both governmental-based, like the CDC, but also, and importantly, things like the American College of OBGYN, as well as the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine. Most people think of maternal fetal medicine as our high-risk OBs, our ultrasound experts and our experts in our pregnancies, especially those pregnancies who carry other diagnoses, problems, or challenges. And both of these societies started looking at vaccines and safety very early on in the process of giving pregnant patients the vaccinations. Now, two and a half weeks ago, they came out with a recommendation saying, please give to recommend to your patients. This was an important change because up until a couple of weeks ago, the wording said that all patients should be offered. And we really put it down to what was a pretty complicated 
risk assessment for each patient that was, I think, confusing to both providers and patients in the sense of you had to assess how significant is my personal risk? Am I going out and seeing a lot of people? Am I staying at home? Do I work in a risky environment? And we didn't have a clear understanding. But as more safety data has rolled out, it became very clear that getting a COVID vaccine was completely safe in pregnancy to both the parent caring, the mother, and the child that is being born as well. The other important fact to know here is that the safety data is robust. Large councils of our best minds came together to look at all the information that we had. And I do think it is important that we both have a government-based entity that has giant databases, as well as our private entities that are looking separately, because then we combine to help accentuate each other's sense of confidence in our data. And the CDC is an important factor in that there are two registries that we can look at to see if vaccines are safe. One is called the Veris database, which is a national database just looking for adverse events. And a second one specific to the COVID vaccinations is something called V-Safe, which we have to thank the population of the U.S. who is spontaneously signing up for this as part of their vaccination process and voluntarily giving us information and data. And amongst that data, there are now over 140,000 people in V-Safe who said that they were pregnant. And so we now know that over almost 145,000 people have at least gotten one vaccination. And separately is actually a pregnancy registry, which goes above and beyond that, that specifically looks at complications of pregnancy themselves. This pregnancy registry has over 5,000 patients in it. And in a study that was done and released about two months ago, they looked at this database to see were there any adverse events and over 35,000 different pregnant patients in the Veris database. And we found there were none. There were no significant side effects that were abnormal to what we would expect to the general population. There were some concerns that were raised that were very specific. Those concerns really guarded around this first trimester, especially. That being, what was their rate of miscarriage? And then the end of pregnancy, was there any increase in preterm labor? Were there any other side effects seen after delivery? And the data that we have is completely reassuring. It shows that there was not an abnormal increase in the rate of miscarriage. There was not an abnormal amount of preterm labors, that everything was similar to a general background risk of these events happening. Great. So it sounds like the data is saying that this seems to be safe during pregnancy. But what about the benefit? Is there any benefit to the baby about the mom getting vaccinated during pregnancy? There is, and that, that benefit comes twofold. First, in the health of the mother themselves, or the caring parent, in that COVID-19 is a really vicious disease, and it can't be understated how much more impactful it may be on a pregnant patient. Pregnant women who get COVID-19 are more likely to be admitted to the hospital, they're more likely to be admitted to an ICU. And in those admissions, they're more likely to just get sicker. And the sicker a mom is, the more impact that's going to have on a carrying pregnancy, on the fetus long term, on what those effects may be. And so by getting a vaccine and protecting oneself from getting COVID-19, that in and of itself is protective of the baby's long term health. Secondarily, there are studies that are coming out that have shown that similar to 
the Tdap, the pertussis or whooping cough vaccine that we know, there is a handoff of some of these protective agents, the antibodies, over to the baby to give baby potentially some protection for those first few weeks of life where infants are often their most vulnerable. So you mentioned some of the data on safety during pregnancy. What are the specific things that they look at for safety for women who are pregnant, and what's that data showing? In the study that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, they looked at six specific things, two that related to completed pregnancies, one being spontaneous abortion, so a miscarriage less than 20 weeks, as well as a stillbirth when the fetus passes away while still in pregnancy greater than 20 weeks. And they looked at four outcomes for the babies and the neonates, one being preterm birth, which is delivery before 37 weeks, small for gestational age, which is being smaller than average at time of delivery, looking for congenital anomalies, which would mean changes in the growth or development of an intrauterine baby, as well as neonatal death. In all six of these categories, they were found to be the same as background population. So there was no change when compared to other pregnancies who did not receive the vaccine. So if we look at it from the other side, is there any potential harm to the baby for a mom to get vaccinated during pregnancy? We have not seen any. There's been no significant adverse events noted. We are still in the process of looking at data. That's why these registries are super important. And also, giving that diversity of information are, again, private universities and, and also separate studies from the CDC's databases. One is called MamaVax, which we're currently registering patients for who have been vaccinated or who are getting vaccinated. We're now offering vaccinations in some of our hospitals as well, and so it's important for our patients who are admitted during pregnancy or even after pregnancy. And so this continuing ongoing data that we're collecting will give us more information and this greater sense of reassurance that getting vaccination is the safest course of action. Now, what about moms who are planning to breastfeed, who want to get vaccinated during pregnancy or even after pregnancy while they're still breastfeeding? Do we have any information on that? We do. And here's where we even have a larger breadth of information across different types of vaccination as well. As an example on that is we check most moms to see if they have built an immunity to rubella, a different virus and a different disease. And that's many of us, we were vaccinated as children with the MMR, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccination. But because rubella is like pertussis or the whooping cough, really impactful in the childhood and infant population, we check all moms to see if they're immune. If they're not, we actually offer them a new MMR vaccination after they deliver. And so because of this vaccination history with using Tdap, MMR, and using flu vaccinations, we have a really robust data set that vaccinations and breastfeeding are safe. And COVID-19 vaccination against the SARS-CoV-2 virus is very similar. We have seen that this is safe. There has been no adverse events. It has not affected the breastfeeding itself, which was also important. There was some worry about the vaccine itself and side effects, um, the reactivity, would that present a challenge? And it actually hasn't been seen yet. But we, again, are continuing to collect data to get a broader understanding of the safety of this vaccine. And how about moms who are breastfeeding? We know that they can transmit antibodies in their breast milk for other diseases. Are we seeing any of that for moms who've gotten vaccinated with COVID-19 vaccines? We are seeing a transmission in antibody. How protective those antibodies are are still being looked at. 
But with the history we know from other vaccines that the handoff of those antibodies is incredibly important as part of that newborn process of being safe and healthy at home. That's one of the reasons we also are big proponents of breastfeeding and doing what we can to make sure that that breastfeeding environment is encouraged and supported in all ways that we can. Now, we're hearing some word going around about concerns that the COVID-19 vaccines might negatively impact future fertility. Is this something that you're hearing about, and is this something we need to worry about? It is something that we've been hearing about. In fact, it's one of the primary reasons that we find, especially in young women, there is a significant hesitancy. This is an important effect. We have seen in our population, and those who are reproductive age are really worried about this. This did start from an article that was on the internet. Like many myths, there is an origin story. And in this blog, there was concern about one of the specific proteins that are in the vaccine itself, specifically the mRNA vaccine. It has been shown very clearly this actually has no effect on future fertility. And the Society for Reproductive Medicine has been very clear that this has been looked at by our best people, by the reproductive doctors in our country, as well as others, and have disproven any long-term effect. It's important to know that this vaccine only lives in us for a very short time, and then it degrades and goes away. And the important factor is that it's triggering our body to have a more long-lasting effect. Vaccines don't stay with us, and so they don't have this long-term effect, um, specifically on fertility. It has been very clearly looked at it is not giving us a threat or concern to future fertility. I can't be more clear about that because this is one of the greatest barriers we're currently seeing in our population, especially in young women. Even my own niece called and asked me about this before she got the vaccine. And so I sat with her and had a long talk with her. And I thought it was important for me to have that discussion with my own family member to make sure that she felt safe, that she has goals of having children one day in her future. It was important to have that open conversation, even with my own family members, to make sure that I had helped dispel this myth. And so how do you start having that conversation with, for example, a young woman who maybe is considering fertility therapy and is unsure what to do about COVID-19 vaccines, having heard some of this out in the, the general public? The first thing I think is trying to meet someone where they are, understanding what have they heard I don't want to make assumptions of what they've seen or what they've come in contact with, who has been bringing up these concerns. I first want to gather what are their concerns. And then I use that as information to walk them through how I think the safety data gives them the best outcome by being vaccinated, by getting this vaccine. Another really important thing to note, too, are those who are seeking fertility therapies, if you were to get COVID-19 itself, that may actually delay your fertility therapies in a significant manner if you were to get ill. It may also affect your ability to have procedures if you have the active virus itself and going into clinics. And so, again, we're in a situation where getting the virus itself will be far more impactful to a process of fertility therapies than the actual vaccine itself, which is transient and protects you for a significant amount of time. And it's a great idea that if you're considering fertility therapies, you really should seek out getting the vaccine before you even start so you're protected during that time. So overall, 
the overarching thing that I would give to all patients considering vaccination is there is currently not a contraindication to getting vaccinated. If you are over the age of 12 for our mRNA vaccines, this will do nothing but benefit you. Whether you're pregnant, whether you're seeking fertility, whether you're considering fertility in your future, whether you're on birth control and you're thinking about, is this something I should do? There are not any interactions that would cause a problem. And so I just can't encourage enough to go out and get vaccinated. So I know we've talked about a lot of different points here today. What is the take-home message for patients and providers who are worried about pregnancy and COVID-19 vaccines or vaccines in general? My take-home point would be that we have data. The data says this is safe. It is safe in pregnancy. It is safe before pregnancy. It's safe in the postpartum period and in breastfeeding. It is safe for those who are seeking fertility therapies. It is safe for those who are just trying to get pregnant. The important thing to know is that there are not just one set of information that is giving us this, but it's multiple sets of information, both from the CDC as well as independent studies. And these studies are ongoing. So we didn't just look at one study and say, yep, it's safe and move on. These studies are continuing to recruit patients who are excited and actively seeking vaccination, getting vaccination, and then giving us ongoing safety information that we will look to. I'm willing to bet for many years from now. So I'm going to ask you one last question since you brought up these ongoing studies. If somebody's interested in participating in one of those, what's the best way for them to do that? Great question. The first would be if you're getting vaccinated, know that there is a registry that the CDC has. It's called VSAFE. And so it is an easy app that you can download onto your phone. You can put it into your browser on your phone or on your computer. CDC, VSAFE, V hyphen S-A-F-E, then their web page will come up and there'll be clickable interfaces that will walk you through the setup. The second is, do you want to ask your own provider if there's a study that's going on locally? The MamaVac study is currently ongoing in many universities throughout the country. And you can ask your provider, hey, I've gotten the vaccination. I'd really like to contribute my information, my experience. How do I get involved? Thank you, Dr. Horton, for joining us here today to discuss vaccines during pregnancy, especially COVID-19 vaccines, which I know a lot of people have on their mind. Thank you so much. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day and go out and get vaccinated. For those of you listening at home, thank you for tuning in for this special episode on vaccines during pregnancy. We hope you'll join us for future episodes on a wide range of topics from healthcare worker safety to personal protective equipment and even more about infectious diseases and vaccines of all kinds. If you have any questions for us or ideas for future shows, please feel free to contact us at info at or you can find us on the web at netech.org slash podcast. That's N-E-T-E-C dot O-R-G slash podcast, where you can subscribe to future episodes and find more information on today's topic. We'll see you next time on Transmission Interrupted. You've been listening to Transmission Interrupted, the podcast series from Netech, the National Emerging Special Pathogens Training and Education Center. Learn more at netech.org.